Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, Tend is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. And book your free consult today. What do you think? Did he get it? I am weird. Dude. You are weird. <laughs> Mr. Dale Earnhardt Jr. That <laughs> <laughs> family picnic sometimes <laughs> gives you more than just a potato salad. That's the voice of my co-host and one of my best friends in the whole wide world, Mike Davis. We're screwed. What does that mean? No, we're not standing in that box together in our underwear. <laughs> Are you kidding me, Mike? Oh, my God. That is hilarious. Hey, everybody. It's Dale Jr. back again for another episode of the Dale Jr. Download. It's time for some dirty air on Tuesday, June 20th, episode 463. But you probably don't care what episode it is. Like hell, I don't. You do? I, of course I do. Every I time you say what number episode yeah. it is, I feel good about myself. You do? Yeah. I don't think, I don't think our listeners give No, they don't care. No. No, unless they've been listening to every single one from the beginning, yeah. then they do care. It seems like a small number. It seems like I've been doing this my whole life. 463? Yeah. It seems well, like it should be like 12,463. Mm. Um, anyhow, we're just coming off of Father's Day weekend. I hope everybody enjoyed the weekend. It's a, a weekend off, rare Weekend off in the NASCAR schedule, and uh, yeah, so there was no Xfinity racing, no Cup racing, and as much as we don't like that, it's good to take a little break every once in a while, and it's important, um, especially you know, it's nice when you can take a break and it's a holiday, and um, this is a special one, a Father's Day holiday. Uh, I've learned, you know, when I was a little boy, I you know I got dad a couple things. Uh, a card or something like that. I don't remember doing too much, but and I didn't think the day was that important. It just came and went. And then before I got married, again, just came and went. It was just another day. You know, people would always say, hey, man, I'm, you know, I'm thinking about you today. I'm like, "Why?" Wow. I'd have to add it up, right? Yeah. You know, um, <clears throat> which is a whole other conversation. But um, when I got married, and especially, especially when I had kids, um, you know, the day become more and more prominent. Uh, when I got married, uh, we were, you know, sending text messages to Amy's dad, something new. This day's becoming uh, something I can't just, um, you know, can't just kind of pass through. Uh, <clears throat> it's got to be acknowledged, which was good. But then when I became a father, obviously, it it's just gotten more and more fun every year. And as a lot of y'all might remember, you know, we documented it on or talked about it on this show. Um, documented might be a little bit of a strong word, but I fell short on our Mother's Day or mm. on our Mother's Day this year. I fell a little short, and um, was uh, I, you know wasn't a total epic failure, but I didn't I didn't hit all the notes, check all the boxes. But not bringing the mimosas to the beach was a problem. Yeah, there was a couple <laughs> things. So um, you've got the beer cool. I you've forgot got the beer a lot there. of things. Right. <laughs> so anyway, I had a list in my phone. Oh. But this year's been a busy one, and I've been distracted. Mm. Otherwise, I mean, there's no excuse. So I, I had I had very low expectations for this Father's Day. I had, you know, Amy had every right to to mail it in, 
But it was a good one. Um, I wanted to uh, give you a chance, Mike, to share what you got to do on your Father's Day. But um, ours, so I went to the beach. My sister and LW and Wyatt, my nephew, all came and spent a long four days with us. It was great. Yeah. I did not want it to end. I saw y'all's pictures. They looked really fun. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I love hanging out with LW and Kelly. They're in a whole they're you know, as as this as has been the case our whole lives, man, they're in a, they're they're a couple years out there in front of me, right? So what they like to do and what I like to do has not always really been the same. So if we were to hang out five years ago, it was a little bit more of an of a of a distance between what we what entertained me and Amy and what entertained uh, Kelly and LW, but that's that distance has closed quite a bit in the last couple of years, especially as my kids are starting to get older. Her teenagers are moved off. Yeah, and she's Wyatt is still young enough to in, engage, interact, play with the girls. He is right. great. Yeah, with our girls, it's. I mean, they played in the pool all day long. To be his age and racing and doing all the things that he's doing and maturing and experiencing some pretty cool stuff, he is very good with our two- and five-year-old daughters. They play in the pool and kid and joke around and um, sweet boy. And so, but also the, you know, the, the, you know, me sitting up and me sitting up playing loud music all day and, and drinking a case of beer, um, you know, is not what I ended up doing this weekend, you know, and it was, a you know, it's I guess you know I've matured a little bit in that that respect, but I still enjoy that. But um, it's got a time and a place, right? It's I a think you I think you and the beer found each other this weekend, didn't you? I drank some beer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But, so that's, but I'm just saying, like you know, no, no, no. Let's it's not, not a bender. It, not it's not. It's not Look, a. If there, if if I had been hanging out there with my wife and no kids. I would have drank a case of beer on Father's Day. You're tearing it up. A whole case. No Damn. problem. Right on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. But uh, having them around, uh, you make adjustments. and <laughs> That's a good word for those it. Those <laughs> adjustments are easier to make, is my point, these days. Right? Yeah. Make, you know, you know, uh, play, you know, play to your to your crowd or your and, – and, and, I enjoyed it, man. Um, I mean, you know, they, it's not that they don't drink and hang out and have fun. We listened to music, sat by the pool, had a few drinks here and there, but it was moderated and it was really nice. And um, so, anyways, I uh, we went out to the beach uh, and enjoyed, you know, finding sand dollars and, <clears throat> you know, uh, found we found this uh, clam. We, you know, we when we're out on the beach, we find uh, shells all the time clamshells and um i've never found one alive you know what i mean yeah and so we found one and it was probably the size of your fist and we laid uh it was low tide so we all sit there in the water about a you know a foot of water and we watched this thing walk around oh wow it opened up and would shoot this arm out and move itself in the sand it was cool as hell yeah. And um <clears throat> anyways, we you know, I I did the same thing. We've talked about that this on we've talked about this on the show. I brought all the shit out to the beach. All the shit. You're that dad. Oh, we did it even more this time. I had the bimity top up, mm-hmm. you know, stuck in the sand. And uh 
We had another uh, tent sort of shade for the kids. Oh, I was going to say for must be for Kelly and LW, but no, no for the kids. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Good. That's that's smart actually. Oh man, and they did. Yeah. Everybody took. I put. I set all this shit up. Right. We got. We got two tents, and <clears throat> all the all the chairs, everything. Right. Throw it all out. I get it all situated. They take off out to the sandbar because it's low tide, and we ended up spending all our time oh. out there. So you put it up, but nobody. And then used everybody's. It. You know, we come back to the. We come. You know. Uh, you know, we're out there for an hour or whatever, and finally everybody's like, "Yeah, let's go back to the house." Okay. All right. I put all this. <laughs> Wait a second. What about the? Remember all the work I did on this? I took, no, nothing. I, so I took five beers to the beach. <laughs> and you're not supposed to take beer out there, but I took five beers to the beach and I drank two, and we're coming back home. Dang man, I had my, you know, I had five beers for about a good three hour sit. Yeah, wow, that is an adjustment. <laughs> yeah. that, that that's not a round of wedge. No. That, that's well, a, that, that's a change in the spring. Well, you know, when you're on a non-alcoholic beach, you're not allowed to have alcohol out there. You don't take a damn case of beer out there, Mike. <laughs> a little, little obvious. Yeah. And I got obvious. these, I got these little things that slide over the beer that make it look like a, a Mountain Dew, or a, or a Dr Pepper, or or a Coca Cola. Of and course so you do. I slide, I got, I got about six of those, right? And I slide them over the beers, throw them in the coolers. So they you just pull them out, and they're already disguised. And they're thinking that guy loves his soda. Yeah. <laughs> That's a soda drinking soda I right it's there, a boy. Thousand dollar fine, man. If you get busted with a thousand dollar yes. fine, it's a non-alcoholic beach, son. Thousand dollar fine? Yes. What the heck? Okay, Damn. are you disguising your beers now? Yes. All right. No, Get I'm not fine. even taking them. I mean, God, that's you're a, not even taking them. What a wimp! Not a thousand dollar fine. Come on, no, son. no, sir, no, no. I mean, there's people out there holding Dixie cups, and I know what the hell's in that cup. <laughs> I ain't gonna be sitting out there drinking water. All right. Kiss my ass. I'm taking my beer out there. Well, now that we've broadcast this on the uh, the old podcast, you know, thousand dollar fine might it, it's kind of like a pit road speeding penalty. Now that you said. You know uh, what you doing? Oh, you think you got one coming? Maybe. Hey, I don't know. Um, I don't know that I'm all that recognizable out there on the beach. <clears throat> yeah, I believe that. I mean, we is it a crowd? I got beach? the same. I got that same damn uh, shade that everybody else has bought on the internet. Whatever that damn blue and teal thing is. Yeah, I got that same. You walk out there and look on the beach, and they's. Everybody's got one of them damn things. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, they're nondescript. Yeah. Yeah. They're just, they blend Everybody in. got the same one. So well, I'm, if I look like everybody else out there. I'm just hanging if out. If I'm smuggling goods onto the beach, I probably am going for the blue and teal thing as well. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to look like everybody else. I like that it's a non-alcoholic beach because it kind of, because there's an alcoholic, you know, there's a beach that allows alcohol right next to us. And there's a very, it's, you can see it, right? Okay. You can look up up the shoreline and see it and there's a there's a bridge that, that connects the two islands and that beach is slammed full sure god almighty you can't move you ain't got no room yeah so the non-alcoholic beach not quite as crowded i, I believe it yeah there's not but, as much regret on that beach <laughs> but they've you know you you and i'm you're you're you know kidding yourself if you don't think you're ever about 90 percent of the people on the non-alcoholic beach have alcohol out there yeah Kidding yourself. Wow, dude, that's interesting, man. Um, anyway. I, I, I think I'm going to say that I'm proud of you for, uh, you know, exhibiting control yeah. and uh, keeping hey, it limit. if they get me, they get me. <laughs> I ain't I changing. <laughs> I ain't changing. 
Man, by I God, tried. This ship sailed. I'm I drinking my beer. I tried, man. I tried. You know what? <laughs> you know how I, I got <laughs> it's not that the not that the authorities aren't on to this, but they make these bags, right? That that you carry any you know, it's a see through bag. It's a beach bag. You put your uh, speaker in there, your phone, your towels, mm-hmm. all that right. You fill that thing up. And it it's a beach bag and it sits on, you know, sits right there with all your you kind of it kind of blends right in. And in the bottom of it though is a fault is a the bottom's a cooler. So I think they make it it's not so so much like a hidden cooler, but if you don't know it's there, you'd never look and go, oh, yeah, only see in the cooler on at the bottom the ba- the bottom of the bag unzips and it's a cooler. And so I'm sure that you know, the beach patrol has seen many of these things and they know that they exist. But I think if you have that bag sitting there and your beers are in the cooler in the bottom of this bag, right? And it's just, have y'all seen these? You know what I'm talking about? So there's, yeah. So it, you know what a beach bag looks like, right? And it's, it's netted. Well, there's a zipper around the bottom and it hinges open and you can pack about eight or 10 beers in there. And you throw a couple ice packs and then you zip it up and you'd never know that it was a cooler on the bottom of the bag. So it's kind of hidden away. But that's not enough, man. You, you know, if you take that bag out there and you don't have a true cooler, so you got to have a real cooler full of drinks mm-hmm. that are not alcoholic, right? Mm-hmm. And so when maybe when the patrol, if they want to stop at your place and say, hey, man, show them what you got. Well, here's my cooler, right? And then they're, they're so distracted by the true cooler and what might be inside it. Oh, might be some alcohol in here. They never look at the bag. They never even think about the bag being the thing that has the beer in it. They it's, do now. Yeah. Well, no, they don't. I well, mean, they, they probably already know all. I don't know, dude. Uh, I'd is, love to have some, you, Yeah, I'd love to have somebody else in here at your that age. smuggles beer on a beach. It's like I'm only in this room. Come on, who here? Raise your hand if you drug beer out on the beach. You ain't supposed to. I, I got to be honest with you. I all right. Be honest with you. I didn't know. That that was something not allowed. I, I guess I didn't see the sign that says non-alcoholic beach, or maybe I've just never gone to one. All right. It never occurred to me that it, maybe I've I smuggled it. drinks onto a beach that I didn't realize it was smuggling. I want it known I got about 75% participation. Um, there's other people in here that are also <laughs> understanding the conversation we're having. <laughs> I understand what you're doing. I'm Listen, I'm impressed. You're at, the, you're at your age still still <laughs> acting like you're uh, underage drinking. And That's you're horrible. Smug- Smuggling stuff. Do you bring your ID? Is it a fake ID too? <laughs> okay. Good for you. Oh my god. He's found his youth okay. again. He's sneaking beers onto a beach. It's a thousand dollar fine, Mike. Dude, that's that insane. No, I'm I'm with you. I, I that's the you want part you want to walk about. out there holding the case with the da- still in the box. Come no. on, br- bring it on, boys. No, I just come and get go, me. I don't go to the beach at. Find you a thousand dollars to bring a beer. That's the logical explanation. Well, it's some, you know, it's not, it's not my damn decision that they, that's their law. That's it's your the, decision to go. The council, I'm, I have a house on this island. But that was your decision. I'm not gonna not buy a house because they got a law on the beach. Somebody in this planet, maybe oh, listening, did not buy a house because it was across from I a love, non-alcoholic beach. I love beach. this house that I found of the seven that I looked at all around in this area, but I ain't buying this. With a thousand dollar fine, hell with that. I mean, a thousand. All right, show it. Since, since we're polling the room, who thinks a thousand dollar fine is enough to deter you what you would like to do? Maybe you go 
alternate your plan. Anybody? Oh, I swear to God, would I you, know this freaking room already. Would you buy? That, would you not buy the house? All right. So for the record, eighty percent uh, actually agrees with that. That's bullshit. I got two ha- two hands got raised. You That's twenty percent over here. Would you buy the house or not buy the house because of a thousand dollar fine for non alcohol? I would still buy the house. You still buy the house. You just dra- yeah. you just disguise your coolers, your beers. I would still buy the house. I just man, a thousand dollars if you get caught with it. I I guess it's I just a deterrent. It's a good deterrent. I, I, I uh. So look, wait, wait. Let me t- let me put it to you. I don't live my life all, like a cri- like it's a crime. In all fairness, Mike, listen. What? As I said earlier, the fine is working for you as a homeowner that wants to go out on the beach and have a little more space. Because the fine in the non-alcohol law deters the the out-of-towners from coming there in a way, right? For sure. Yeah, they're like, hey, man, alcohol beach or non-alcohol beach? Which one y'all want? Well, everybody's going to go to the alcohol beach. Man, they're free to bring whatever they want, walk around, drinking their drinks. I I get that. And I also get it even more that you have kids. Uh, You don't go to specific beaches. Yeah, and if you... Live if you you know if you live on this island, you like the law because even if you do want to sneak your beer out there, it's it's a less populated beach, right? So mm-hmm. that's good. That's good for people that live there and want it to be that way, right? Um, I get it. Yeah, I get it. There's you got to weigh the pros and the cons, man. You're getting upset at me because I'm impressed by you. What's up with that? Like I'm, I'm impressed not, by you. I'm not this feeling is, this. In, this this I'm, I'm not I'm, feeling that emotion from you, man. Not I'm, feeling that I'm impressed. No. Dude, I am. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I got to be honest with you. You know why I'm impressed? Like, I had a moment this past week where I realized uh, I had a reminder of how old I am now. Like, it's yeah. not like you're just not young anymore. Happy so I had, had this, mo- yeah. and it's on a common activity that shouldn't be a reminder mm-hmm. of how old. You know what it was? I kneeboarded. Big deal, right? I kneeboarded. That's I just, awesome. I kneeboarded, and I kneeboarded for a while. And then the next two days, including even today, maybe, I'm still feeling it. Like, my body's sore. I didn't, ex- I didn't do any, like, crazy yeah. tricks. I just went to the left, went to the right, hopped over some waves, this, that, and the other. Behind a boat? Behind a boat, yeah. So and, my, and I'm so sore, and it's like, God dang, man, can't do it like you used to. No, that's not true, man. That's because that is probably the only physical activity you've done in the last <laughs> two months, and that's why you're sore. Kneeboard every day, and then you won't be sore. What makes you think I haven't done any physical activity? <laughs> <laughs> what about me makes you think there's zero physical activity going on right now? Just say it, Dale. What, what is it? <laughs> I can be active. I'm I can, sore. I I'm sore when I do things like that too. That's not a young thing. He goes to a couple core thing. classes, and all of a sudden he's Mister <laughs> Exercise. Oh, look at me! There ain't nobody in here can kind of you know exercise like me. I went to so I went to my first core class. I was sore for three days, much like yeah. you, kneeboarding for the first time in forever. Yeah, I, I mean, I was walking around. It was, my point on this was is You're that not, it's not I an old. Don't think. Don't. Put yourself in that box. I think it is an old no, thing. No, it ain't. I never, I didn't Dude, exercise back you, then either. How old are you? You're like 10 years younger than me. I'm two years younger than you. Two. Oh. Yeah. And Amy is convinced that I'm actually five years older than you. <laughs> That's probably just because you have more gray hair than I do. I, yeah. 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 Uh, maybe. I don't know. We ought to ask her. <laughs> She's like, you're not younger than Dale. And I'm like, I am. Quit insulting yeah. me. <laughs> <laughs> well. Anyways. No, I, again, I'm impressed. I think mean, you're still like, you know, you're throwing down, man. Bring yeah. some beers on the beach, Mike. You risk a little fine uh, here, a little fine I, there. They, we're not even going to talk about this today. 
Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The one thing I wanted to tell you that I did on Father's Day, so the beach was great. We had fun, and 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 I'm I'll be as uh, I'll be as excited to sneak my beer out there even after letting all this out there. But um, I so Amy, <laughs> Amy, so your wife tells you, uh, hey man, I got a plan for Father's Day or for Father's Day or any holiday, right? And you're like, have you ever had a reaction that was like a knee jerk reaction and not a good reaction to the plan? And then you're like, oh. I just threw that out there. Yeah. I really didn't mean. So my wife said, "I got I, um." So El, you know, think about this. I'm, I'm thinking that man, she's me and her are gonna do something. Kelly and LW are, in my mind aren't at this. You know, on this, I don't remember that they're coming. Okay, <laughs> I've I, I've forgotten that LW and Kelly and Wyatt are going to be uh, with us on this holiday. And so Amy's like, "I got a plan for Father's Day." I'm like, oh, I wonder what we're gonna do. Wonder what her plan is. Can't wait. She's always she's it's always something I've never done before. And uh, she says there's a place in Charleston where we're gonna have brunch, and there'll be a quartet that sings gospel. And they sing it really loud. And uh, so you're gonna have brunch while this is happening. And uh, I was like, seriously. <laughs> That's what we're doing. And this is like, I don't get a choice. And and so that was my reaction, right? And she's like, <clears throat> hey, man, you know, that is not the best. That's not the right reaction. Like, you're going to have fun. You're going to like it. And then she goes, Kelly and LW are going to be there. I'm like, oh, yeah, okay. All right. I can picture all that, all of us being together. And maybe that would be cool. Um, but right out of the gate, I was like, damn, I wouldn't, that's not what I would have chose to do on, you know, my day. It's Father's Day, man. <clears throat> you know, it's your day. So the gospel quartet's even kind of throwing me a little bit. Yeah. And so I was like, you know, all right, I'm, I'm in, I deserve this, uh, you know. If, oh, because of the Mother's Day. Yeah. Thing. I'm like, you know, I don't, I need to shut up and yeah. just go on with this and, Take and, it. And it's probably going to be great. And so she's like, you know, it's hard to get into this thing. I got a friend that, that helped us uh, <clears throat> get a table. And so we drive into town, um, get out and park right, you know, a block away from this place. And it's right on the King Street or one of the busy streets down there in Charleston. We don't go into Charleston, Charleston too much. We don't go into town, town too much. But this is kind of where we're spending our, our vacation uh, for the weekend. And so... <clears throat> We go into this restaurant, man. The people, as soon as you open the door, the quartet's right there on the right. There you are singing. They're mid-song. And it's great. Um, everybody in the at the entrance, there's like at least four or five hostess, hmm. male and female, and they're just bubbly. Happier in hell that you came in there. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day, all of them. Happy Father's Day. Happy Father's Day. And... Uh, just smiling ear to ear, literally from ear to ear. And <clears throat> they got us a 
we're upstairs because of, I guess being a bigger group, I guess we're we're gonna go upstairs. So they take us upstairs, and the whole time, man, quartet's just going, singing a gospel song, right? Yeah. Something out of you know, something out of the hymn book, and so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I wish I could remember the exact song. I remember it. I mean, I mean when I walked in, I recognized it immediately, right? It's it's a it's a an know. old gospel hymn. Yeah. yeah. And so we go upstairs and we sit down, and and man, the food was amazing. Uh, our girls, you know, are piddling and 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 being girls, uh, and and we ordered our food, we ate. And uh, and we, it was great. It was really really great. Then as we were sort of winding down our 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 brunch, the girls went down the stairs and stood on the landing of the stairs and was able to observe the, the singing and all of that and take that in a little bit. And then, then we left and it was, uh, it was great. It was good. I will say, um, and I, I really, this place is amazing. If you ever get a chance, I don't even remember the name of it. Oh, I think it's, uh, Hall's Chop House. Oh, wow. Maybe the name a, of it? It's a steakhouse that they have, it gets to have yeah. a brunch. In a, yeah, I think it's the Father's is, Day brunch is that the barber happens. Is the barbershop quartet an everyday thing, or is it just it's, was that a Father's Day kind of anomaly type thing? I don't I don't think this was a Father's Day only I got brunch. It. Okay. And so um, if you ever get a chance or hear about this or whatever, I think there's a, there's a couple of these that I'm – Hall's Chop Out. It was great. I want them to know. I don't want them to think that, that, that I'm – I'm making a joke of this or, or, or saying I didn't enjoy it or whatever. I, it was awesome. Go, if you hear about it, get a chance to go. And and for the hospitality, they were the hostess, the service, top, top, top shelf. But it was, for me and my brain, uh, it was sensory overload. Oh, yeah. And so... um. When I walked out of there, man, I felt like I had done some mental gymnastics. I, I'm glad you said that. I've got something I want to tell you about it, but keep going because yeah. this is interesting. Um, I mean, that's, that's I I got out of there and went and sat in the car and and just like had to take a bit, a, yeah. a minute, right, to get my, my thoughts together. Because uh, I will say, like, I think if I go there with just Amy or go there with with an adult group, the kids throw another you know, throw another challenge into the mix, right? You're trying, you got a two-year-old over here that's trying, wants down. I want down. Mm-hmm. Well, you can't get down. I want down. But yeah, you can't get down. I want down, I want down, I want down. You know, they want out of the chair. They want to walk around. It's bus- It's busy in there, man. People bustling around, doing things. Yeah. Waiters and people coming out of every, every direction, taking plates and this and that and other. And, uh, and so I think if it was a you know if it was all adult as a group it would have been not as uh, difficult mentally uh, to to take on, take in all of those processes all at once but having the kids there and I don't want to put it on them but you know no kids create chaos it, for I, I sure know. It, I feel terrible just even no, no, you, you even critic you know analyzing this like this but everybody listening knows exactly what you're talking yeah. about but man it was it was good I I, I I would do it again. Uh, it was different, you know. It was great. The well, singing was great. The the 
it, the atmosphere in there was positive and and yeah, good experience, but different. I've never done anything like that before. Listen, Amy's legacy. When I say her legacy, I kind of mean a little sarcastically because when we talk about Amy, one of the things is that she got you out of your shell, right? Like then we're going way back when y'all first met. Like she got you out of your shell. She challenged you to go do new things, and that was something that you had never had, and that to this day is still happening. And that is one of the things that I think is awesome about Amy is that she challenges you. She, she, you would never in a million years go do the things that she has you doing ever. Right. You wouldn't even think you don't even have it in your brain to even try Now here's my point though. We got into a conversation over the weekend, me and my family, my in-laws were in town for a whole week. Right. And, um, and we got into this conversation about, um, they were asking me, do I enjoy hiking? Uh, with my wife. My wife's an avid hiker. And we, like I said, you know, we've talked about it on the show, we went to the Grand Canyon and all this other stuff. And I'm like, and, and then, it, you know, started talking about camping and that kind of thing. And I'm like, you know what? No, I don't, I, I don't enjoy it. Uh, I said, you know, I would love camping if I could camp my way. You know what my way is? I don't have an itinerary. It's like, and I, I was thinking about you in this case. I mean, I'm looking at pictures when you take your beer on the beach and that, that is the extent of your planning. Yeah. Your planning doesn't go beyond that. There's not brunch. There's not anything. You haven't, you might not know where you're going to eat lunch or dinner that day because that's not part of, you're not, you're, you're at peace when you're sitting. And I'm like, if I could camp and not go to a museum, not hike a trail, not go look for seashells, not do anything, but sit, listen to music, grill out. And I want to grill more food than we're going to eat because that's part of the enjoyment. I want to grill and just, I want to be able to turn a steak or or, or turn something uh, and then go back to drinking a beer and not caring. But that's not how I do it. And so it then led to this point. I think this is where I'm getting at. You know what guys want, men? I think we just want peace, especially dads. You give me a peaceful Sunday, and by peace I mean I don't have to shuttle somebody to a soccer game or I don't have to go do this and I don't have to, you know, just – then you're then we're happy. It's just peace. And yeah. listen, it's not that you don't love your kids. It doesn't mean you don't love your wife. Of course you do. Yeah. Of course you do. But the ultimate Father's Day, I got the ultimate Father's Day. You know what? My wife, we, we went to church on Sunday. We came home, and I watched the U.S. Open all day because my wife knew that it was like, Sure day. You do what you want. Yeah. I, we're not going to ask you to even do it, lift a finger. And I just watched golf all day and drank a beer, and it was beautiful. And it, it was it was amazing because it's just peaceful, right? Yeah. That's all I've lo- and I think you would be the same way, and I think most guys are the same way. Yeah. It's not that you don't appreciate that restaurant brunch or that barbershop quartet. That's Amy doing the things that are amazing. If you had your way, you would have never left the beach, I well, or the you, bar. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I think that um, it's better. I'm better off having. I'm better off having Amy. I'm better off. Ha- having experienced that that brunch right I'm, i mean in, at the end of the day it's like yeah i could have sat around and just you know moseyed on out to the beach and done nothing but by you know at eight o'clock at night would i have been as fulfilled as i was had i i don't think i would have changed i don't at the end of the day i wouldn't change a thing sure but you, you feel better about yourself i know yeah. i know another i know a little bit about what you're talking about and and one of the, I've, I was, I was like that. Um, you express a man. I don't want to plan. I don't want to, I don't want to have this date charted out to where I got to go. Okay. I can sit here in peace for an hour, but then we got to get up and do this. 
And then there's another block of peace maybe down, you know, in the middle of the day. And then, but then we, go, we got those dinner plans, you know. And so it's not, it's not even the fact that it's okay. I, I was like this before I had kids, before I got married. I'd go on a trip with some buddies, and there was one guy in our group that would be asking you what we were doing for dinner at noon. Mm-mm. What are we gonna do? What are we gonna? What are we gonna eat? What are we doing for dinner? Nope. Where y'all want to go for dinner? I'm like, it's noon, man. Right. Right. Chill. Right. Zip it. Right. I'm with you. I got five hours that I don't want to hear nothing about a plan. I don't want to make a plan. I don't want to make it. I don't want to make a decision. You want to say, hey, if I promise you that somewhere we'll eat, yeah, can you drop it? If I promise you that we'll eat, <laughs> I think that was probably that, that, the big that, worry <laughs> <laughs> that we're just gonna hydraulic all day. Not eat. Oh, <laughs> so yeah, maybe you did yeah. need to specify. I promise, I do have a meal somewhere in my yeah. future. <laughs> <laughs> but and, so I was a little bit like that back then, and and I do agree. Like part of me is like that today, not as much because I kind of I have succeeded. Like there's the kids a priority, my wife is a priority. What they need, they need to have an understanding of what's going to happen. My wife likes to know, okay, this is what we're going to, in her mind, she's like, I just need to know for the girls. Like, what do you need? What do I need to do? If you're not going to want to go to, go to eat lunch at this place, I've got to make a, I got a plan. And so and she's right. She's, she's right. right. Yeah. hundred percent. Right. And I'm like, Oh yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But I'm with you, man. There's some days where you're just like, let's just play it by ear. You know, the, let's just, if we feel like getting up, and and golf carton to eat for lunch, we'll do it. Yeah. If not, we'll we'll make you know we'll get on DoorDash or whatever, right? We'll just figure In it the out. Moment. And that, lot most people, most I think most people, I don't know. Are you a planner, or are you wired differently? In like you're you're fine, just sort of. Going with the flow. I'm not a planner. I love going with the flow. Everybody, go I with believe that. I life. would like to say I'm go with the flow, but I'm a planner. Go raise your hand for your planner. We've got a couple planners in here. Yeah, I, I think I don't know. I mean, I don't want to say I don't speak for her, but I think Amy Amy's a planner only, only if because of our girls and and. Oh, I think there's another reason. She doesn't like surprises. Either. No, she doesn't. Right. She doesn't like surprises, and so she wants to know what's coming. That's right. But yeah, I mean, I could, I could go, I'll, I could go sit out there on the on on the beach, and not and and miss lunch. Hell, I'll eat it too, right? I mean, I got a couple, I brought a couple snacks, you know. But that ain't, you know, that I, I know. But we'll the, be sitting there, and she'll be like, "But the girls," <laughs> I'm like, "Oh yeah, they're hungry too. Oh yeah, they got to eat." <laughs> I'm an. <laughs> That's so, that's so true, dude. I'm still learning. Yeah. I'm still learning. There's other people yeah. <laughs> that live You're here. You're responsible for them. Remember? There's other people that live in my house. You're the dad. Our house. Our it's house. called Father's it's Day, not, not Men's house. Day. Yeah, it's not my house. It's our house. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well. Good uh, times, man. Yeah. Good times. I'm glad you I guys love, had fun. I love these conversations, man, because it makes me feel a little bit more normal because I feel like sometimes I'm on this island <clears throat> with the way I think. Hey, Nashville, the Dell Jr. Download is coming your way this week for a live show presented by Ally. It's this Friday night at the Old Red on Broadway. 
8.30 p.m. start. We cannot wait. Of course, there's going to be other things before and after our show. Russell Dickerson, the country singer, will be performing. The venue fills up really early, so get there, enjoy a beer, enjoy Russell Dickerson, and then we'll be on. We're looking forward to it, and thank you, Ally, for inviting us. We will see you Friday night. Hey, Dale Jr. Downloaders, are you planning to go to Atlanta Motor Speedway on July 8th and 9th? Well, you should. Listen, this time it's going to be under the lights. It's a new way to experience the high-speed close-quarters racing that we've come to expect from the new Atlanta. Seeing the sparks fly and lights reflecting off the roaring pack in Atlanta's night race. And there's a lot more to enjoy at Atlanta's summer NASCAR event. AMS is kicking off the week on the 4th of July with a free, I said free, Massive Fireworks Show presented by Freight Auctions. You heard that right. It's a huge Independence Day celebration. And did I mention it's free? It's a free way for fans to kick off the race week. It is perfect. That's just the start of a week full of entertainment. There's grassroots legends racing on Atlanta's quarter-mile thunder ring. There's track driving opportunities that benefit Speedway Children's Charities. There's Revs and Riffs, which adds a weekend of concerts by Andy Grammer, Lone Star, and more to the weekend racing action. You just don't want to miss it. Tickets and camping for Atlanta's night races are available right now at www.atlantamotorspeedway.com. That, again, is www.atlantamotorspeedway.com. Anyway, man, we um, we got we to gotta talk about the incredible Cars Tour race that happened at Dominion. I don't know that... Um, so if you haven't seen it, um, you can go to Flow and catch some catch a, a replay or, or, or some highlights. Um, but the battle for the win was a bit viral on social media Saturday night and Sunday. Um, Butterbean McQueen, one of your one of your favorites, Mike, yep. uh, number oh three in the Cars Tour. Quite a character, quite a personality. Uh, pretty much had you know led most of the race and controlled the race uh, for the most part, and was had the best car he was going to win the race a couple cautions happened late it gave Carson Quapple who was running second third Bobby McCarty's also up in the top three throughout the race um, but Carson gets on the outside for a restart and beats uh, Butterbean McQueen or almost uh, beats him uh, but holds holds really strong on the outside has a great restart and then another yellow presents another opportunity for Carson and he passes Butterbean on the outside clean right and then um Butterbean having the best car and being a, he's a really talented driver. Uh, they get he gets back to Carson with a, about you know I don't know nine or eight laps to go. Gets underneath him and uh, when when he gets underneath him, uh, the way I understand uh, the you know the 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 etiquette in short track racing is you know it's okay to lean on each other a little bit um, and Butterbean. Did that in the first turn, and then he did it again in the next turn, and then I mean it's like three or four turns in a row. He just drives up and slides into the side of Carson over and over, right? And the last turn that they made contact really disrupted the speed in both cars. And Bobby McCarty comes from behind and goes three wide to the inside, off a of turn two down the back straightaway, and three wide at Dominion. It's a little bit narrow. If squeeze all of that really squeezed Carson into the outside wall, there's a lot of contact uh, between uh, Butterbean and Carson, and Carson gets the worst end of this deal, right? Um, <clears throat> he was racing really hard on the outside. Maybe he had a chance to hold off 
Butterbean, but but um, if even if he didn't, he's going to run probably second. But anyways, he tr- he gets damage, folds the nose in under the tire, and and ends up falling back to fourth or fifth. Bobby passes them both and wins the race side by side across the line by about two feet. Is a fantastic finish. That sounds like it. It was a very. Um, I knew I would be in this situation, and I'll be in this situation again, a very uncomfortable one at that, uh, where I own some of the series. Yeah. I'm an investor in the series, and I also own a car that competes out there, a car that competes really well. And so I thought, for me, um, you know, Carson did a really, really good job. I was impressed by how he ran on the outside and how committed he was. The 03 has uh, Butterbean McC- Queen Butterbean Queen, it's not McQueen. Right. Butterbean Queen has um <clears throat> beaten him this whole race. And so a lot of times when you have a late restart, that's in that plays into your mind a little bit. You're on the outside and you're like, Well, this guy's got the best car. Uh, you know, I don't know how how much of a shot I got. And a lot of guys are already beaten before they get that green flag for the for the final restart. Carson, though, man, he acted and raced like he had every chance in the world to win that race. And he actually got around Butterbean and, and, and takes the lead cleanly. Uh, I felt like that was some of the most impressive driving that I had seen from Carson in, a, in, in the short career that he's been running for us. That's saying something. I was very impressed by that. Um, sure. And so while he didn't get a great result, I saw some things – it, uh, I saw him do some things that I thought that's what you want to see from a driver who you feel like could make it, right? Who has the t- the tools to get there, right? You want to see him be presented with an opportunity late, even though he knows he's not got the best car, and give it more than his all to get to get the lead and control of the race. He did that. Um, Butterbean is a great personality. Again, he's an asset to the Cars Tour. He brings a uh, good following that he's growing. Uh, he works and engages well with fans and kids at the racetrack. Um, he's got a uh, well, well respected. I mean, that's an understatement. Uh, in Lee Pulliam for his car owner, Lee is considered one of the greatest late mile stock racers of of, of in history, if you will. Uh, I can't say enough about how much I respect Lee and what he does and how much he means to the tour. Uh, having him, he has a couple cars that compete competes out there, and he's got a great little driver in Butterbean. And so they're going to be they're going to be battling Carson for this championship, and it's going to go down to the wire more than likely. And there'll be more run-ins uh, between them. Um, I was just a little bit disappointed that having when a guy passes you cleanly on the outside and takes the lead, you give him a little bit more respect when you're trying to get back by him. Butterbean ran into the door of the eight car, Carson, three corners in a row before Bobby goes by. And, uh, er, you know, every corner, they didn't go through a corner without making contact. And, you know, it was – I was like, damn, man, you know, come on. You know, he passed you clean on the outside. Uh, Try not to, you know, drive him up the racetrack and just – you know, trying to be so, you know, it was just a lot of contact. I, yeah. I, and, and so I, uh, you know, Bobby is a veteran champion of the Cars Tour. It was great to see him win. I want to see Bobby have success because I think he's a personality that, that has a great place in the series. 
the series has a lot of different talent and a lot of different personalities, young and old, that all play sort of this role, if you will, like you'd see in a comic book. You know what I mean? They, there's, there's the villains, there's the, there's the veterans, there's the young guys coming in, there's the, there's the heroes, and everybody kind of fills these roles really, really nicely. And Bobby, I'd like to have, have him around for quite a few more years sure, uh, because of what I think he means to the series. So it's good to see him have success. Um, and Butterbean, I called him on the phone. I was like, you know, I said what I said. I said, you know, you're a talent. You're a great asset to the, so- to the series. Love what everything you do. And this is going to be a battle for the championship that's going to happen. You know, you guys are going – you and Carson are going to race hard and be in these situations throughout the year. You have a responsibility to keep it professional. You have a responsibility on your end to try to, you know, make sure that it doesn't become, you know, become physical on the racetrack or off the racetrack where it's a bad look for the series or you. Was I was going to ask, was there any conversation? I know you were only watching it uh, on flow, so you may not even know the answer, but do you know if Carson and Butterbean yeah. had a conversation yeah. or and was it cordial if they did? Butterbean said it went as good as it probably could have in the moment. It was right after the race. Um, you know, when, when I talked to Butterbean, I think he, I told him, I said, Carson passed you clean. I expected you to do, do a little bit more to take care, better care of him in that moment. I think you used him up too much. It's my opinion. Everybody might not have the same opinion. Some people might go, yeah, it's good racing, good short track racing. It was. Listen, I own the series. I love the finish. I thought if I could get that you know, that kind of excitement every week, every week. Yeah. <laughs> holy yeah. hell. Yeah. Yeah. We're good with it. But I just told Butterbean, I was like, you know, when a guy passes you clean on the outside on late restart, you got the fast enough car. You can get back by him. Yes. Hit him a time or two, but damn every corner till it's just, you know, till both cars are used up. Um, but I will say, you know, and I, I don't know whether that'll change the way Butterbean races or not. And it might, it might not. But, um, I think his, you know, it it just speaks to I think how how much how much contact or how much aggression is okay. In his eyes, he thought he was doing everything he needed to do, and everything that he did was was just hard racing. Mm. That's the way he feels, right? Carson, on the other hand, goes that was more than hard racing for me. You know, that wasn't the way I would have you know expected to be raced. And so, but we'll see if the shoes on the other foot down the road. Uh, what goes down? I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a hell of a battle for the championship all the way through. I mean, as far as the series uh, investor or part, you know, co-owner in the series, I'm licking my chops, man. Yeah, absolutely, because these are two guys that you know. I think, and you probably think they have a pr- pretty bright future. Um, you don't know how long the Cars Tour is going to even have these guys. And for all intents and purposes, they go on to you know a truck ride, an Xfinity ride, something like that. Carson Crawford is that good. We know he's yeah. that good. I think you know. I think um, I think Butterbean is also talented enough to get there. I do too. I think he's you know. I think both of these guys could get in a truck uh, and go run well at a you know at a at a at a short track somewhere or a smaller racetrack. So I I'm I'm excited to see that. I think Carson might get some opportunities here in the future. We're working hard yeah on our end at Junior Motorsports to try to provide that for him and. I've you know me and me and Butterbean are, are have talked about sitting down and having lunch and talking about his you know what can he do what tools does he have and what resources does he have and how can he 
utilize those to present opportunities to him beyond the Cars Tour. As much as I'd love for all of our drivers to stick around and race for us, race for the Cars Tour forever. Sure. Um, you know, it's a, it's a tough situation to be in, man. But I'm going to tell you right now, um, it, Carson didn't get Carson got the worst end of it. That's frustrating. I went over and saw those guys yesterday at the shop, talked to them. Um, they're ready to regroup and get back at it. Uh, but but a, but in in a in the end, it was a big big night for the Cars Tour. Yeah. In terms of of uh, showcasing what the series is all about, my timeline was full of people going, "Damn, that was the best race I've seen all year." Now, I know the blanket's a blanket statement, but, I mean, I saw that same statement multiple, multiple times. And if you haven't saw, you know, the replay or, or want to see some of the highlights, go on flowracing.com or flow and, uh, on the app and, and check it out, the Cars Tour race at Dominion this past Saturday night. Um, we need to talk about the second half of the NASCAR season. It kicks off in Nashville this weekend. Finally, uh, the NBC team is back in the booth, and we had a meeting this week. Uh, with all of our bosses and all of our talent, and we are gearing up and excited to get back to work. Uh, we're already starting to prepare. Uh, we hit, like I said, we had that meeting. Uh, there was a, a couple of um, a couple of notes that I took away from that meeting, um, and basically, uh, you know, when you're, I don't know, when you're when you're in the booth, uh, you know, you kind of get in these, I don't know, I'm still young at this, so I still feel relatively uh, new in terms of like a Rick Allen or even even Latart and Burton who've been doing this for more years than I have. But you can kind of find yourself in a, a bit of a, a routine, you know, and, and that's not really that great. Uh, so we had a conversation, a big meeting uh, this week. I'm excited about the year. It's fire. It's fired me up in terms of you know getting creative, thinking about how um, you want to uh, you know deliver these races to the fans at home, and bringing that energy and excitement uh, uh, across the uh, across the television. So, anyways, I'm I'm looking forward to it. I can't wait to get to Nashville. We've got a couple of things we're doing. Uh, Mike, we're gonna have. Uh, a Dale Jr. download on Friday night at 7 p.m.? 8.30 p.m. 8.30. Moved to 8.30? Well, you I thought it was 8. You're still at the track yeah. uh, by 7. I thought it was a sol- I thought it was the top of the hour. Yeah, um, I think it's 8.30 p.m. All right. But, yeah. 8.30, uh, Old, Red. Old Red, downtown, Broadway, Nashville. Come see us. Uh, we had a full house last year. We're going to have a couple of guests, uh, but it's an hour uh, on stage. Uh, just kind of taking it, taking it all in, having fun. We're going to enjoy it. Yeah. We're going to talk about, uh, you know, to to prepare anybody that might be there. We're going to talk about basically what's been going on in the NASCAR season. I want to ask people uh, their opinions on some of the controversies, right? That we've we've seen. We're going to rile It'd the crowd fun. up, right? Yeah, I love that idea. See who's going to think what. But um, so come join us. That's made possible by Ally, and so we just definitely want to thank Ally for uh, inviting yeah. us back to uh, to be part of that deal. Uh, we're looking forward to it. Yep. Uh, also, can I just say, since you're bringing up NBC, yeah. um, next week we are going to have a conversation. I want I want our listeners to really listen to this uh, because Sam Flood is the is your boss, mm-hmm. executive producer and president of NBC Sports, 
And Kelly and I had a conversation with him yesterday for Business and Motorsports that we will air next week. And the reason why I really – first of all, Sam doesn't do a whole lot of interviews. I haven't really seen that. But, but there's so many television conversations that happen, not just between you and I or, or whatever from the booth, but just every week, whether it's people talking about too many commercials or weather delays and how the – you know switches to channels or what do we expect of peacock or streaming services moving forward we were able to ask sam flood all of these questions and i think that our listeners will uh find there to be a lot of fascinating things that he gives us and we learned a lot but that's going to drop next week so if we're feeling good also we talk a lot about how they prepare for the chicago street course um, which is going to be a huge undertaking to broadcast that which you'll be a part of that so look forward to that next week sam flood All right, so we're going to get into Ask Junior real quick before we close out Dirty Air today. Um, Ask Junior, uh, you guys have been sending in your questions to uh, at Xfinity Racing on Twitter, and Andrew is here to lead your questions. So let's get started, Andrew. First question comes from Kevin. Uh, since that famous slide job call, your, your debut in the booth, have you noticed yourself change as a broadcaster from, from then to now? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think you, you can't help it. Uh, you're gonna you're gonna change a little bit here and there, but and I'll be different this year in some way, shape, or form. Um, I really liked uh, my first year. I thought it was, um, you know, the kind not. It was a little bit tough because I didn't know all of the rules. I didn't know how things were done in the booth and uh, kind of learning how to manage uh, even even the language in broadcasting like what your producer's telling you there's all kinds of code words and and shorthand and trying to figure out what all, all these things mean and what what that what's coming at you and what they're trying to accomplish that's gotten a lot easier uh and i think um you get a little more polished whether you want to or not over over the years uh and so your your uh cadence might change just slightly but um one of the things that i think uh I was trying to do for a long time was play by play, which is Rick's job. And I love play by play. I love what Rick does. I love calling the battles. I love talking about two guys driving, trying to pass each other. We get to do that a little bit, but, um, you know, I think I'm, I need, I'm going to lean a little bit more into being an analyst, right? And, and this is why a driver chose to do that. This is why a driver, what a driver was thinking in this moment. Um, and uh, try to try to be try to you know work hard, prepare, uh, spend a lot of time during the week just really trying to be on top of what what I think is going to be going on. So um, you know that's uh, it's a it's a fun job, man. But nobody's here. No, there's no playbook. There's no like you know there's no there's no guidelines or hey here's what you need to do. You just you got to either prepare, or do the work, or you're not going to be ready and not going to have not going to have yourself uh all the information you need in those moments when the race is happening because when the race is happening man you got to have it all up here in your head exactly what you need to be thinking about it's kind of a it's kind of fun. I'm nervous about it, but fun. Uh, it's a fun job, and I'm looking forward to getting back in there. Yeah, the first broadcast at Nashville this weekend. You gave us tips on what to do on Broadway last week. Uh, this next question comes from Bev. Who's your favorite country music artist? Whoa. Oh, that's a big one. Yeah. I know I'm putting you on the spot. Yeah. <laughs> well, for the longest time, I think Dwight Yoakam was at the top of the list. Um, 
I was a big fan of his. I got to meet him at Fontana one year. He came out, uh, and it was weird, man, because they said they said he was coming. I was super excited about that. Had never met him before, and when they uh, they said he was, I was in my bus with Amy, and they said he was there. So I step out of the bus, and he's got his guitar, and he starts singing. Maybe I'll be fast as you, man. And he's walking toward me, and I'm like. Am I supposed to start singing? I don't know. <laughs> uh, so I did. Um, we had we sang and danced a bit uh, right there in the bus lot right before, like hours, a couple hours before the race. It was just an interesting thing. But he's Dwight Yoakam. He can do whatever he wants, right? Yeah. Um, and then we talked a bit, and uh, he ended up playing, was it my retirement party? Yeah. Yeah. No, Hall of Fame. Hall of Fame party. The Hall of okay. Fame party, yeah. Yeah, that's right. He played my Hall of Fame party, um, which was so – I'd never seen him play, right? Never heard him. And he sounds awesome, man. Amazing. Dude, it sounded so, so good. good. Yeah. And so that was awesome. So I'd say he's right up there. At the top. That's definitely cool. Yeah. I didn't know that bus lot story. Yeah. That's funny. I'm good friends with Tim Duggar. And uh, so a lot, I love a lot of his music. Be honest with you, man. I mean, when I first got to know Tim, I thought, you know, I was like, yeah, there's, that's a good song. That's a good song. But probably the the work that he's done in the last probably five years it's as good as anything out there. And um, that's one of the interesting things I think about music. And I, I know there's a lot of people out there watching right now that know, know a band or a, or a musician, and you're like, man, your stuff's good. How come you're not getting traction, right? right. Um, and I feel that way with Tim. I mean, he's, got, he's with Curb, and there's, there's, he's, doing, you know, he's doing a lot, and he's out there, and people know him. But I'm like, man, you know, when's that? When when this song can be a top ten song, why is it not a top? Why is it not on the charts? It's good. I like it. I mean, I would I would pick it over all of these songs on the top ten. Um, so it doesn't make much sense to me. But he's a he's a good good pal, and um, so I like to see him him do good. Kind of staying on theme yeah. with this. Uh, the next question is from Spencer. What kind of music did your dad listen to? My dad listened to. Uh, he was a big Delbert McClinton fan, which I never understood that. I've listened to some of Delbert McClinton's songs, and I just didn't really love it. But uh, Dad seemed to like it for some reason. Um, I remember him having a record collection in the, in the basement of the get of the lake house when we moved in in 1981, and he had like you know traditional Southern uh, meatloaf and Southern rock, um, Skinner, and all of those you know, whatever was playing on, you know, the rock radio in the late seventies and early eighties. He had all of those albums. Um, but he liked Brooks and Dunn a bunch and, uh, gosh, I'm going to, I'm going to get up from this table and think, damn, I should have said that one. But <laughs> cause, uh, but he, he listened to, uh, he, that song black velvet, you know, they played that at the banquet for him. Uh, one year, I believe he won the championship. Uh, which was a which was on traditional country radio for a while. Um, yeah, he listened to quite a bit of country. Um, Faith Hill, he was a big Faith Hill mm-hmm. fan. So I think he got to meet her. He came. He wore a Faith Hill t shirt one time underneath his uniform at a race that she came to. That's cool. Yeah, she was like a singing the national anthem or something. Yeah, but yeah. How do you do, you know, wearing the Faith Hill t-shirt? Was no it like clue. good luck? No, no <laughs> clue. It was so long ago. Oh, man. Yeah. Uh, this next question coming from Mitch. Uh, you know, 
this was the off week we saw on social media. A lot of the drivers were traveling uh, to different places. Is there a go-to kind of vacation destination spot that you haven't quite been able to hit yet? My sister was telling me Barbados is great. Mm. Um, I don't. I like to go. I, I don't. I like to go to uh, new places. I want to go to Ireland. Mm. Speaking of Tim Duggar, he's been trying to get me to go to Ireland with him for a long time. He loves going there. I know that uh, Steve Letarte and his family just recently went there and really enjoyed it this this past couple weeks. So um, Ireland's probably moving up the list for me. Uh, I'd love to go to England. Mm. Uh, I've never been. My mom's family, the G name is 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 an English name, and I'd love to go. There's a place in England called the G Cross. It's like an intersection uh, where the G's sort of originated from, I suppose. I need to learn more about that. But um, So I want to go there. Uh, I did something sort of like that with the Earnhardts in Germany. Right, yeah. Uh, so I kind of want to do something similar with, with the, my mother's name and where they're from. And... Uh, but I mean, I I love going to a tropical place, resort ish sort of place. Man, it's hard to beat that. Me and my wife went to Cabo for uh, four or five days over the past couple of weeks. Um, had an incredible time. Uh, went and I caught my first marlin. Um, so I mean, it was uh, it's it's hard to beat the beach. Yep. Yep. It a goes good, it goes right back to that beach yeah. mountains conversation, right? Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm with you on Team Beach. Sorry, Mike. <laughs> oh, we gotta go here again. We just gotta take we just gotta take Mike to the right beach, and I think yeah, he'll change his mind. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Um, Preferably one that doesn't have a thousand dollar fine attached to it. But we'll get to that. Listen to the earlier part of the podcast. You'll know what we mean by that. Exactly. Uh, I think we got time for one more quick one. Uh, this is coming from John. What do the Monday competition meetings look like at Junior Motorsports, and then even at Hendrick when you were a driver? Well, I'd I'd, I'd um. We've got a new conference room. Kelly uh, vacated her office and turned it into a big conference room for our for our meetings. Um, it's it's a table with about fifteen chairs and it's full every time they have a comp meeting. Uh, the crew chiefs, drivers, uh, shop foreman, gen, gen, you know, our general manager, everybody's in there. Uh, the drivers will go over what they liked or didn't like about their cars. Crew chiefs will you know, have comments about some things that they might do differently or what they felt might have helped. Um, they might um, break off individually into separate groups after that big meeting and then re-watch the entire race from there, from, from that track before. So I've walked into the conference room and, and, and you'll see Josh Berry and TJ Majors, uh, Taylor, the crew chief, watching, you know, with the, with the engineer watching last year's race. And I'm like, golly, we never did that, right? I, I was, you know, sitting there and watching the old race, and all, you know, even if you'd ran well, you're just like, gosh, this was like three hours of the day. Um, but they, you know, it's it's helpful for them to understand what strategies might pop up. It's helpful for them not only f to see how their race went the last time they ran there, but seeing how someone who won how their race went, right? What did they do differently? And so that's, I think it's nice to have that sort of refresh, refresh memory of, of what, what the racing is like there and where the lines were. I think when I get ready to run Bristol, you know, you're going to go get in a sim and practice, but you're also going to watch a lot of video of qualifying, where people ran to get their fast laps and how they, how they worked, you know, how the track changed throughout the race, where the cars were running at certain points in the race with the traction compound or whatever might be down on the racetrack. So 
there's a lot for the teams and drivers to to go over, uh, depending on the racetrack. For for um, Nashville, they're certainly going to be paying attention to lines because of the treatment to the racetrack and whatever resin might be down and how that affected qualifying, where drivers chose to race and run at certain parts of the day. Um, so that's really important information they need to know. And I don't think the drivers would sit down and actually do that on their own if they weren't brought in and sit down with the spotters and the crew chiefs and go over that stuff together. Um, the meetings for Hendrick Motorsports back in the day were thorough, but nothing like that. We'd sit down. Uh, drivers would comment about what they thought their cars did, um, what you know, when it got better, when it got worse. The crew chiefs would remark on what they thought those changes were that the driver liked and didn't like. And uh, one of my favorite parts of the Hendrick meetings back in the day were um, what we were what we were seeing from the competition. So we'd have um, photographers uh, in the garage and out on the racetrack taking pictures of the competition and seeing things on their cars that we're like, oh, look at this. It's a little trip lip. There's a little arrow trick right here on this car. Look how they've got this mounted. Look how this is twisted. Look how they've chose to do this. And you'd sit in those meetings, and they'd throw those pictures up on the screen, and you'd try to figure it out in your mind, like, what am I looking at? Why? Where's the advantage? And you're trying to find, figure it out before the crew chief was going to tell you what it was, right, before somebody was going to say, all right, this is what they're doing. And um, – that was a lot of fun, you know, and because then you'd get up from the meeting and go to grab your crew chief and go, are we going to do those things? Yeah. Let's do that, man. That looked cool. Let's, let's, <laughs> are we doing it? You know? Yeah. So, um, it's funny because we're, I, it reminds me, I was in a race at Talladega. Tony Jr. was the crew chief. I was behind Matt Kenseth and his roof flap, um, was opening. He's leading the race and, um, I'm behind him and he's like, his roof flap was opening up, and it's knocking air off the rear spoiler. And I said to Tony Jr., I was like, hey, man, uh, the roof flap on the 20 car in front of me is opening up, man. They got fig they figured it out a way to change the pressure to where it can lift at speed. And that's knocking air off the spoiler. And he said, you ought to see yours. <laughs> I was like, oh, okay, I'll just keep my mouth shut. <laughs> um, so, I don't know. Those were fun days, man, but um, – I don't know how much of that goes on these days because the cars are so hard to trick and twist and do anything really visual, but uh, I'm sure there's still some conversations in those in those competition meetings about what the competition, what they're seeing from the competition. Yeah, I know we talk about creativity stories. I find that fascinating. Yeah. So that was that was a very interesting one you yeah. brought up. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, well, that's man. a good place to uh, end Ash Jr. this week. All right, y'all. I appreciate it. Um, Ash Jr. Uh, is always a lot of fun. Thank you, Andrew. Great questions by everybody sent in. Um, we did have a great conversation uh, about going out on the beach and um, some of the challenges on Father's Day, uh, some of our experiences that we had. Um, we talked a little bit about the Cars Tour race at Dominion and that fantastic finish and obviously um getting ready to go to uh, nashville this weekend get back to work get back in the booth i'm excited about that i hope everybody is uh ready for nbc because we're excited to be able to bring the races to you it's been a fascinating year so many different storylines and things to talk about and we're going to dive head first into it uh in just a few days so we'll see at the we'll see you either across the airwaves or at the track somewhere throughout the rest of the season thank you and i hope everybody had a great father's day weekend We'll see you. Check out Dirty Mo Media on Twitter, Facebook, TikTok, and Instagram.